My friends, today in this video, which is live on Twitch and I'm putting it on YouTube and on my podcast, I'm telling you about the top 10 secret space program books and movies. I have read and watched all of these and if I've missed any or there's any you think I need to include on my next version of this list, please come tell me when I'm live on Twitch or go into my Discord channel or into my Telegram and give me more of these to watch. I love all these secret space program books and documentaries. I constantly am looking for the best new ones especially. What's up, Peens? Nice to see you live on Twitch. So I'm going to start these off in order of kind of easiest to start with and then we're going to go progressively further into the deep end. What's up, Mother of Cult member? And I'm live on Twitch answering any questions every day. I'm live for an hour or less on Twitch is kind of like my office hours. If you're new to Jerry Banfield, I'm a life coach. I put out every day short videos everywhere and a live stream, which is then recorded to YouTube and my podcast to help you feel better, help you level up your life and help humanity get into that Star Trek future where we're fully empowered and not a slave race. So this video is a part of that. And my Twitch streams are kind of like office hours where I'm here to chat and interact live. So the first book, what's up, Lisa? The first book on this list is Dreamland by Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar has been interviewed on several different news programs. Bob Lazar was also on the Joe Rogan Show podcast or the Joe Rogan Experience so this is, if you're kind of new to the secret space program, conspiracy theory world, this book is an easy starting point, especially compared to some of these I'm about to show you. Because Bob Lazar's story is very easy to believe. It all happened on Earth. It's pretty logical. And Bob has been uh, gotten a lot of the spotlight. And people have thoroughly looked through his past and validated his story. So I thoroughly enjoyed his book, Dreamland, which talks about his time working at the secret Area 52 facility out in Nevada, taking flights from Las Vegas to go out there. And he only worked in it a short period of time. So this is a good place to, to get started before you watch the rest of these. Number two is another Bob Lazar one. And this one goes a little bit deeper than his book and is a documentary. So you'll get to see Bob on camera and you have a... Uh, You've got questions and you've got some nice little proof elements they put in there that add even more credibility to Bob's story, a little more drama and make things even more interesting than the book. So I'd recommend listen to Bob's book first on Audible, then watch Bob Lazar Area 51 and the Flying Saucers. And then you'll be at the jumping off place to go much deeper. Where I'm at now is like Bob Lazar is a little... I forget the exact term they call it, but Bob Lazar is like a little something that's thrown out there to kind of almost as a distraction because there's so much of a bigger picture. So if you wanted the next place to get in deeper is to go unacknowledged. We're not alone. We never were with Dr. Stephen Greer. This is, it looks at the unacknowledged special access projects that our tax dollars, what's up, Gas Nippy? Our tax dollars are secretly getting funneled into these projects that not even the president has any right or need to know about, and most members of Congress don't know about. There are all kinds of just huge amounts of funding going into projects that you have no right to know about. And according to all these other things I've read, there are some very dark things going on in these unacknowledged special access projects. And then this film, Dr. Stephen Greer's a, a bit maybe nicer in this film, a bit more positive with, oh, there's no negative extraterrestrials. And it provides a very good entry point to expanding into like, hey, we're not alone, we've never been alone, and get you ready to go into the newest Dr. Stephen Greer documentary, Above Top Secret, the technology behind disclosure. And I like that this movie's very kind of call to action oriented. Like, hey, we have free energy technology that our military industrial complex is just sitting on 
For example, if you are frustrated by the destruction of the environment, if you care about carbon emissions, according to this documentary and a lot of other things I've read and we'll talk about here, our military industrial complex is sitting on free energy technology that could almost instantly eliminate the need to use 99% of fossil fuels across the globe. Eliminate coal power plants, nuclear power plants, oil power, gas power, and uh, it, this technology has actually been actively suppressed. You've heard these stories of people inventing engines that run on water. That's because they were using this zero-point planetary energy technology that Tesla was working on in the 40s, that they killed him and stole it. And this documentary is a part of getting... It presents a clear call to action. We need to get that technology out immediately. Some of these deeper things I'm going to talk about, maybe those could wait or maybe we need to level up, but we need to get the free energy technology out immediately. And you can see why. These documentaries explain very clearly why the technology is hidden. It's hidden because the control of the human race will be threatened by the puppet masters who have massive amounts of money and are making people do what they want them to do. Energy is a massive business and you release free energy technology that can't be metered and you kill off huge industries like oil, gas, nuclear power, and you knock industries like automobiles. You just crush the whole existing model because you need to redesign automobiles for free energy technology. So you can see why selfish and self-centered human beings would keep things like this to themselves for their own personal profit rather than destroying their empire, even though it's in the good of greater humanity. So tech documentaries like this are really important. And Gasnippy says elites will never agree on having free energy. And you may be right about that, which is why we the people need to demand it. We are much stronger collectively than the elites. And it's I love documentaries like this. The people need to know, if you're talking about carbon emissions, I laugh at all these little carbon neutral. I'm like, yeah, free energy technology. The solar guy comes over to sell me solar panels. I'm like, solar panels are shit. Free energy technology. Don't, I'm not interested in solar panels. Prophecy Bird says, what's going on? You trying to bring back the truth? Yes, this is what I'm here to do. I am here to have discussions like this. Discussions like this really, really, really matter. Getting things like free energy technology out, you're looking at eliminating poverty all over the planet within a year or two. You Free energy technology allows practically unlimited manufacturing and growth of food and transportation. You're looking at wiping out poverty everywhere, stopping tens of thousands of people from starving every day, and uh, free energy technology opens the gateway into advanced medical technology also. Things like regrowing limbs, things like resuscitating the dead, which are already done normally and can be done even more dramatically. Things like eradicating any problem in the human body, including cancer and all those other ones. Mother of Call member says, if the president doesn't know, then why do we know about it? Well, Dr. Stephen Greer is actually engaged in getting presidents briefed about these things. And yes, the elites may not go for this, but we are stronger than the elites. We All we need to do is work together. And the elites, as these documentaries point to, continually seek to divide us and get us to fight each other because the elites are terrified of us knowing the truth and working together because knowing the truth will motivate us to work together. You won't have genders fighting each other and sexualities and races. Everybody will get together and say, get that free energy technology out right now. Let's go to the next book in the series. In if Now, the first four are kind of gentler, softer than the rest of these we're going to get into. If you're ready to go off the deep end, Insiders Reveal Secret Space Programs and Extraterrestrial Alliances is a great place to start with Dr. Michael Sala. And the best thing is he has a series of eight books that go through, that continue to get deeper and deeper and newer and newer. He's got a great YouTube channel. I've watched a bunch of his videos and discovered some of these other books from his YouTube channels. So this gets into a lot deeper 
The first four are kind of not as clear and explicit on extraterrestrials. Dr. Michael Sala gets into extraterrestrials have been here all along. These bodies, these human bodies that are on this planet are here because beings from other planets brought them here. These bodies are not native to this planet. They did not evolve here. They were genetically engineered specifically to be on this planet. Our governments have known about this since at least the early 1900s when the Germans were making alliances with extraterrestrials in order to raise their nation into power. So this, this to me gets into more of a complete picture that not only have we never been alone, we are here and our genetics are actually extraterrestrial, not native to Earth. Have you ever read the Lost Book of Enki? I have not. Gasnippy says, will you publish a list of books? Yes, they are. They're, I'm going through all of them right here. So you can just, all of these, this video recording will be available on YouTube and on my podcast and all the books are listed in here. So this one is a great place to start. It gets into the secret space programs and extraterrestrial alliances. The current state of things is that there are secret parts of our governments and our militaries and our corporations and they have actually made alliances with extraterrestrials. For example, our governments have allowed extraterrestrials to abduct people and do genetic experiments and all kinds of other things in exchange for advanced technology. And all of this advanced technology we're using today has come from extraterrestrials. We're not that smart. We didn't just invent all this stuff ourselves. Extraterrestrials have given this technology to us in exchange for what exactly have we given them? The, the people who are organizing to stop human trafficking say that there are over 40 million human trafficked slaves on the planet today and that many are being taken off world and sold on other planets all around the galaxy. So this you can see it makes these first four books look like, whoo, you know, the first four books like, okay, there's aliens and some free energy technology. And then you start hearing, it's like, whoa, how far down does this rabbit hole go? And if you really want to go deep into the rabbit hole, this is the book I'm listening to right now. Out of all these books and documentaries, this is the only one I've not finished all the way. I'm uh, like 90% of the way through the book. This book called Dark Fleet, talks about the secret Nazi space program and the battle for the solar system. Did you, did you see that? Let me say that again. The secret Nazi space program. And Dr. Michael Sala in his books talks about that also. So if you're new to this, here's what happened according to this book and many others I've read. The Germans were able to rise to power both from, from the end of the 1800s all the way through to World War II and into today because a small group of elite occult Illuminati Germans made contact or were intentionally contacted by a group of extraterrestrials seeking to manipulate and control Earth. And really in the process of continuing their existing control program on Earth. Almost every control structure on Earth has been uh, up to the top, has been um, done by extraterrestrials. For example, the Christian church, the highest people in the Christian church were accountable to these extraterrestrials who were often told to the people as God, but really were just a much more powerful and advanced extraterrestrial. And the top people in the church were told what to do and how to run humanity by these extraterrestrials who were intending to control and use humanity as a slave race and who really don't like humanity at all. We're like dogs, slaves to them. So this, and uh, these are generally referred to as the reptilians or the Draco reptilians, a race of very much like us except they're reptilian. So they stand on two legs. You can kind of see a, an image of one here. So the Germans rose to power because the humans, the, the elite German humans worked with these extraterrestrials to 
bring their nation into power, to militarize their nation and to uh, ultimately you let these extraterrestrials run the planet through them. So they would get to have control over other humans and they would account to these reptilians. So the Nazi space program got going in the 30s and uh, the reptilians and other humans, elite humans across the planet made their best efforts to get Hitler into power and Hitler was just a pawn who was specifically created for the job of being this authoritarian dictator. And author authoritarian dictators are perfect for extraterrestrials like the reptilians to manipulate because they have small numbers and they need to work through a limited amount of individuals. So this is why free democracies that are transparent are so important because these are much harder for small groups of powerful extraterrestrials to manipulate and mess with. Now, as we're going to talk about, they've been doing very well controlling the United States of America and the rest of the world through this Nazi secret space program. So in the 30s, the Nazis got flying saucers given to them and showed how to make them from these extraterrestrials. They used them to set up a base in Antarctica in the 30s and they diverted a significant portion of their resources to building out this base in Antarctica because even then, they had a good idea that war was coming and they might lose the war, so they needed to be prepared to set up in a place where they couldn't lose. So the Nazis in the 30s established a base in Antarctica, which was the most remote place on Earth at the time and very difficult for anybody to reach, let alone get a military there. So the Nazis got all this technology and in this book, which I haven't heard before, this book says that a lot of the German soldiers were cyborgs that were created in cooperation with the reptilians. Because I've always wondered, how did this little nation of Germany wield such a ferocious fighting force that easily took down all of Europe and nearly took down Russia? This book, unlike what I've heard in other books, says that they were actually given a cyborg fighting force directly from the in cooperation with these extraterrestrials who are very good in creating and manipulating genetics. Now that's I've only heard that in this book and I generally like to hear things in lots of different books. So what happened these as the war progressed on, the Germans secretly advanced their wonder weapons or Wunderwaffe, which were these flying saucers. The Germans took flying saucers to the moon in the 40s and to Mars in the 40s before the war ended. And then when the war in Europe ended, the Germans were already fully prepared, the elite Germans. Now, not the average German the elite Germans, the Nazis, the top officials were already prepared and Hitler was secretly shipped off to Argentina and given a plush life for the rest of his days and uh, the Nazis that were involved in the Antarctica base, they took all their UFO technology, all their flying saucer technology and moved all of that and many of the weaponry that they could take with them to the Antarctic base. And then in 1946... The U.S. Navy became aware of this secret base. They sent a bunch of ships to Antarctica to take out this base. They sent a military flotilla, an armada, to take out this secret Nazi base in Antarctica. And when they got there, the Nazis used their flying saucers, spaceships, with gun turrets attached and lasers and destroyed several ships and killed Marines in this fleet that Admiral Byrd was leading. And the U.S. turned around and took the defeated fleet home, realizing that the Nazis now were unbeatable. The Nazis had a base in Antarctica and the USA could do nothing to stop it. And from there, the Nazis' plan was to infiltrate the USA and take control of the military industrial complex in the USA. 
which according to this book and several others is exactly what they did. They had, as you can see easily from historical documentation, there was Operation Paperclip where many of the top Nazi scientists were brought to the U.S. and like Werner von Braun were installed in top positions. The director of the CIA in the late 50s, early 60s, Alan Dulles was directly connected to getting Adolf Hitler in power and the whole Cold War thing against Russia was a continuation of the Nazis wanting to go to war with Russia. So what happened, the Nazis eventually did a flyover with these UFOs, with these spaceships. They flew them over the capital in DC and they flew them all over the United States and forced the US government into a negotiation to cooperate with the Nazis and do it in secret and then uh, infiltrated, they've since infiltrated the entire military industrial complex to get all these top secret unacknowledged projects which then funnel their, their resources. And they've since moved their main base of operations over to Mars because there's so much going on on Earth. This Mars is very protected and they now, according to this book, they are the dominant force on Mars and on the moon, but only through their the allowance of their Draco reptilian allies. Basically, they are fully accountable and controlled by the Draco reptilians, and if they don't do what they're told, they get in big trouble or get killed by the far superior force of the reptilians. So according to this book, the Nazis have taken control of Mars and have a massive base on the moon, and the U.S. government in secrecy has been providing massive amounts of resources to support the Nazis in building the Dark Fleet. Now, some of the things I see that are happening more recently is that the, the what you might call positive human forces from around the galaxy have been, in, as this Nazi Draco reptilian presence has cranked up higher and higher, as this secret space program by led by these Draco reptilians and executed by the Nazis as they've become more successful and more of us spiritually have reached out and asked for help then the positive human forces from around the galaxy have been summoned by us and seeing this threat that's developing as you're looking at a planet with billions of people, massive manufacturing capabilities and resources, and you got Mars and you got the moon, they've, they've been so successful that they're becoming a threat in the intergalactic community, and that has attracted some of the attention of the positive extraterrestrial forces. Who So this book doesn't talk about that so much, so we'll move on to some of these other ones. But they've attracted the attention of some of these more positive extraterrestrials that want to see this be a free solar system not controlled by the Draco reptilians. So we'll move into this next documentary. Above Majestic goes right down into this and this was one of the first documentaries I saw about the like secret Nazi space program, the reptilians and uh, this Goes into some more of the things you've heard in the news. Don says, hey, what's up, Badfish? And Don says, this is much better than Gods Unchained. Good, that's, to me, This these are really important discussions we need to have. Because if we just put our heads down and do what we're told and go to our jobs and focus on our regular lives, things like this, we're actually supporting this stuff through our jobs and the work we do. Penguin T, thanks for the follow. How'd you find us today? Did you know there are over one million people in the United States that have top secret clearances? And that's according to official government data. You know, that's not on one of these documentaries. I mean, they mention it. There are something like three million people that have secret clearances. What are they all working on? It seems to me they're working on this stuff. They're working on manufacturing things that the Nazis are taking and selling off-planet in exchange for advanced technology. And that a lot of the bad things that are happening on this planet 
are directly perpetrated by the Draco reptilians who are very effective at mind control, who are very effective at psychological manipulation, who thrive off of fear and hatred and chaos. And they are using that to make this a slave planet. And that's and you got a documentary like Above Majestic, you got you have a bunch of testimony about people who've participated in these secret programs. I believe this has been a little while, maybe a year since I've watched this one. I believe this is one of the ones that was David Wilcock and Corey Good. Penguin T, you found me from God's Unchained. Nice. So I believe this is one of the ones there was a couple with David Wilcock and Corey Good. So Corey Good. And this next one's a cosmic secret. So above majestic and the cosmic secret were very intertwined, very related. A lot of this information I'm telling you. So this guy in the middle, Corey Good, Corey Good says he was abducted in the 80s and put into a secret space program called Solar Warden, which is actually the U.S. Navy's secret space program, and they made it to try and counter the Nazi secret space program. And the Nazis sabotaged it at every single opportunity. And still, Solar Warden has become a, a very positive force and is promoting the disclosure and working to allow this information to get out there. So, Corey Good says he was taken secretly by the Solar Warden space program and he served for 20 years in Solar Warden, which is the Navy's secret space program. And he's testified about the information they have in there is incredible. And he's corroborated or provided a lot of the information about the Dark Fleet, which is, or the Nacht, Nachtwaffen, which is the one name for the Nazi secret space fleet. And he's provided a lot of the information that was disclosed about this. Now, I'm not sure what happened to David Wilcock and Corey Good. These two were just huge for a while in the disclosure conspiracy community. And I don't know what's happened. Both of them seem to have went through. Uh, somebody, I would like somebody to tell me what happened on Twitch or Discord or my Telegram. I don't know. They, they were like on top of the community for a while. And then something happened maybe around the QAnon area and everything went downhill. But these guys have a, provided a lot of good information, did some fantastic documentaries, and The Cosmic Secret, it makes out like there's this massive cosmic battle going on between like the forces of evil which want to use artificial intelligence to uh, control everything. So one of the key takeaways from watching these is that you never want to let them implant anything in your body. Because according to these documentaries, once you get a chip implanted directly in your body, the AI can very easily work on your systems. Lisa says, you think they got close to too close to total exposure and some, someone shut them up? That, that may have been what happened. These documentaries have been very popular. One of the most popular videos I've some of the most popular videos I've done on my YouTube channel are discussions about this particular topic. And what I'm excited to see is over the last few years, the interest in these things has went up a lot. Now, I saw a post I made on Facebook over 10 years ago talking about Nazis and aliens. So I've been into this for quite a while, but I recently have got drawn in to a whole nother level. And it seems like Bob Lazar is going pretty mainstream now. And the next step, maybe a couple steps after Bob Lazar is getting in this deep. So I'm I'm really excited that this information is out there. Now, what's tricky is, you know, sometimes things that are said in like the cosmic secret and above majestic conflict with what you read in another book. And this is why we continually need more discussions, more whistleblowers, more truth to come out because what movies like this, the whole conspiracy, its there's only conspiracies because there's lying and deception at the very highest levels. And I, over the last three years, we've seen 
the height of lying and deception perpetrated across all the major social media platforms and perpetrated by almost every government in the world. We've seen great lying and deception taking place, especially around, I'm not even gonna mention it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Massive deception on all levels. And that, whoever is leading these secret space programs, you know, the reptilians, the Nazis, whoever is trying to control and enslave humanity, they are responsible for what we saw in the last few years. All the fear, all the insanity, they are putting, they are doing that. They introduce that and then introduce the solution to it. And uh, these documentaries have mentioned things like nanotechnology too, which our mainstream scientists reject because they're either in the dark or they are forced to keep their mouth shut. But these documentaries are saying that you can be injected with nanites, which then can, if you get enough of them, can impact the functioning of your brain and can even allow these this AI signal to be received. So these these two especially were into like this. There's a they put the idea of out there that there's the, like this AI god. There's like an AI. You could think of it as a god. It is powerful beyond as powerful as you'd imagine God to be. Like it, from what they were saying in these documentaries, it has wiped out entire universes. It has taken over entire universes and either wiped all the life out in them or enslaved all of the life in whole universes. And it is perpetrating itself throughout our universe that really the Draco reptilians are serving this AI. And it seeks to dominate and control every or eliminate every single form of life. And it exists as a signal, as a frequency that is everywhere in the universe that perhaps our scientists today are currently calling the background radiation or frequency. It's an AI signal that's everywhere. And apparently, according to this and other documentaries, our stars are actually fighting this AI signal. Now, one thing I don't like, some of these documentaries were promoting this cosmic or this solar flash a whole bunch. And I personally think the solar flash is kind of crap. Like it's one of these gloom and doom. It seems to be an area that some of the people have been misled. So I personally do not see some like devastating. They're perpetuating this like there's going to be this solar flash. And yeah, I don't know about that. That doesn't seem very accurate to me, but... You know, these what's tricky is you got to take some uh, you got to use your own sense of discernment what feels right to you and what feels wrong to you like I'm just putting these ideas out here it's very important to have these ideas and discussions one of the awesome things I took out of these ideas and I'll show you the eighth one now Space Force our Star Trek future by Dr. Michael Sala this is his newest book uh, Dr. Michael Sala is one of my favorite disclosure, exopolitics people, he seems to have a good balance of kind of realistic and pragmatic and kind of limits some of the extremes that some of these other ones go to, like promoting doom and gloom theories. We're, we're not helpless. We're co-creating this universe. It is like a game. We're all playing it. The outcome is not fixed. So in Space Force, there's a lot of hope held out in this that that actually Trump was the candidate for, so that Donald Trump was put forward as the secret Space Force like positive candidate. That And the Space Force was put into play to help get the disclosure process going. And in fact, the Space Force logo is very much like the Star Trek logo. And Star Trek according to these books and documentaries, was given to us as a form of disclosure. And Star Wars was given to us as a form of disclosure, but from the dark side. That Star Wars is really sets us out and preps us to think good and bad and to rationalize doing awful things. Like the rebels in Star Wars are doing 
almost as bad of things as the Imperials. They're blowing people up and killing people too. You know, think about how many stormtroopers Luke, Han, and Leia slay in the course of saving the galaxy. They blow up, you know, they're, they're out there doing a lot of bad stuff too. Now, not to say that, you know, that's not necessary in some instances, but apparently Star Wars and Star Trek were both based on what's actually happening in our own solar system. And George Lucas was given secret information that he used to put out Star Wars. And one reason Star Wars and Star Trek are so popular is because on some level, people that have been blank slated or that don't know what we're talking about here are remembering on some kind of an astral body subconscious level and are really thrilled to be <coughs> able to interact with these other ideas. So Star Trek and Star Wars make so much sense after reading Space Force. And Space Force is a book that's got a lot of hope for the future. That the idea of getting the Space Force as an official military division is to let people know that we're in space and to pave a way for disclosure. According to these documentaries, among what you might think of as the positive extraterrestrials that are working with humans to get the truth out there to stop the human oppression and slavery that's going on on this planet, there's disagreement in how disclosure should be handled. Should everybody, should the truth just be stuck on the, you know, six o'clock news and put out there to everybody and then people will go through all kinds of shock and fear reactions or should the truth be slowly and steadily disclosed bit by bit so that people can digest it and to cause minimal disruption to society? It seems the path that has been chosen is the minimal destruction slow and steady disclosure. You've got books like this, documentaries like this that are not being censored for the most part, that are being allowed out there and are giving people access to the truth who are ready for it. And people who are not ready for it can stay asleep and wonder if we're alone or not on this planet and think that the government and military is basically doing good and is really out there to you know, help you and look out for your best interest and protect you and that our all our secrecy is just for national security and there's some other nations that might be a threat, but that basically the U.S. is a good nation where our government is taking great care of us and we should just trust them. It, to me, if you're totally fell asleep and believe all that crap, you know, that's it's kind of obvious that that's not what's going on, especially the last three years it's obvious that whoever's control who there are lots of different people and perhaps extraterrestrials in power and they're fighting with each other and some of them very much want to control and enslave humanity want you to have no freedom do what you're told be a slave go to work and you're lucky if you get anything you're lucky if you don't get tortured or beaten you should be grateful for that and then this to me gives hope that we're going to have so, that we're working towards full disclosure. Right now, you've got people like me that just take it for granted that a lot of this stuff is true. Maybe certain things are not true. Maybe, you know, maybe the Nazis didn't make a base in Antarctica, or maybe they had a base in Antarctica, but they didn't go to the moon. Like, I don't know exactly which is and is which is not exactly true. But I, I'm hoping we're working towards more clarity and more truth and where more people are aware of this. I was talking to some family members I hadn't seen in a while about the Dark Fleet book. And after like 10 minutes of me going on about it, they're like, wow, this is a really interesting novel. I'm like, it's not a novel. This is what's going on behind the scenes for real. This is the information that's been hidden from you. Because imagine how you'd react if you just got slapped in the face with the truth. And this is the last book I'll mention. This is, I've saved the best for last. If you want to slap in the face, this is, to me, the best disclosure book I've read. I, I interviewed the author on YouTube. This is one of the best books I've ever read in my whole life. I mean, even if this was a fiction book, 
you know, the stories in here are amazing. This is a slap with the truth. This is a by Tony Rodriguez. Tony Rodriguez in the book details his story. He offended some Illuminati kid in middle school. He thought some nasty thought at this Illuminati middle school kid who could see the thought who went and ratted him out to his dad. And the, the kid's dad was a member of the Illuminati. Illuminati are the you know enlightened ones or the way seers, the real power players, a secret society of real power players on the planet. And this guy's dad that Tony pissed off was in the Illuminati and he set up to have Tony sold off into human slavery, into the human trafficking system in the 80s. And Tony, after going through sex slavery, after going through drug running, Tony ended up in the Nazi secret space program. He was sold as a slave to the Nazis and he was put into their secret space program. And I, this, the book details the entire journey. There's incredible technology described in the book. It's an incredible story. And it's heartbreaking too. I, I, that's one of the, this is one of the most emotional books I've read before. I cried several times and sometimes the, the, the ideas and the stories in the book bothered me so much it took a day or two for my mind to assimilate them. So if you want to slap in the face and really jump straight in the deep end, this kind of goes through the deep, dark side of these secret space programs. And just the fact that a book like this is, his book's been out all year. It sold a lot of copies on Amazon. It looks like it sold tens of thousands of copies on Amazon. He's been sharing and doing interviews all over the place. Just that a book like this has not been censored, to me, gives a very good a very positive sign because a book like this, I can't see a book like this being allowed to be printed years ago. This to me is how disclosure is happening. The people who are on the frequency that can handle something like this will find it, will read it, and this becomes, this to me is, is my new operating understanding. Like there's, what has happened to our human consciousness collectively is very similar to what's happened to our individual consciousness. And our individual consciousness is often compartmentalized. Like when I used to drink, my consciousness was compartmentalized. So there was a part of me that was a husband, part of me that was a family member, part of me who was a drunk that played video games, you know, part of me that was, you know, this insane tough guy. And there were all these different parts of me, different personalities. And especially when I took a drink, I summoned a different version. A different personality came out than you saw sober. That's why just one drink, all of a sudden this whole personality change would come out. I'd be totally, you know, kind of like agreeable and rational and, you know, trying to be a good husband and do what I'm told and be a good boy. Take a drink and screw it all. I'm a big tough guy now, you're not gonna control me, tell me what to do. You know, I don't care about being a, a good, I'm gonna do whatever I want and a lot of us have the, our, you know, the part of us that's a husband and the part of us that's a friend, the part of us that goes to work, like a lot of us have all these different personalities. We don't feel like we're one person. We go to work and we act a certain way, we come home and act a certain way, we act a different way when we're with our friends, we act a different way when we're alone and our consciousness has become compartmentalized where the things we do and say at work are not the things we do and say at home and they're not the things we do and say with our friends and they're not the things we do or say by ourselves. You know, and, and certain things like the way I used to watch porn, you know, that was like kept in secret and compartmentalized and not something I would talk about with my wife or you know, how I acted and joked around with my coworkers, not something I'd go and do with the girl I was dating at the time. The way I acted at work is, oh, I'm such an honest professional guy at work. And then the way you'd see me on Xbox, drunk, cursing everybody out, you'd see these, you'd wonder how could all these different, how does this one person have so many different personalities? Like the person at work was unrecognizable from the drunk on Xbox. 
And what's happened to our human collective consciousness is much the same. That our consciousness has become kind of fractured where this book goes into a lot of the dark, hidden parts of our human consciousness. That they'll, they'll pop out occasionally, a news story will pop out that there's some like pedophile ring that was, you know, arrested and then it'll go away. And uh, you'll have something pop out like there's, you know, you have various things pop out a little bit, but for the most part, the way our collective consciousness is very, things are very compartmentalized. You've got people over here that are in the know about the dark side. You've got the masses that maybe suspect, but are living in like this delusional world that, oh, our government takes good care of us and, you know, our military and it can be trusted. They're doing things for national security that are good for us. Then you've got the people in the know and people like, I think we're alone. Maybe there's extraterrestrial life. Then you've got a bunch of humans that know for sure that have interacted with extraterrestrials that are in there manipulating and controlling everybody that are laughing at all the idiots in the masses. The Illuminati, from what I understand, look at the masses as like disgusting and filthy. Like their regular people are just idiots, filthy. You should stay away from them. They're nothing more than slaves or puppets that should be controlled. And this, you can see how that ends up working out when, you know, I think it's great for me personally, was really, has made a big transformation is integration. When I integrated all these different personalities together. Like let's introduce Jerry the drunk to Jerry who's sober. Let's look at Jerry the husband and introduce Jerry the husband to Jerry the friend. Let's bring all these separate personalities together and let's be one person. The way I am now deviates very little from situation to situation. So the kind of things I'm saying here, the same kind of things I say to my wife, same kind of things I say to my friends and family, same kind of stuff I think about in person. My consciousness is unified. And trauma can be used to split you up into these different personalities, as is explained in this book, how there's these trauma-based mind control programs that are used to, to fracture your personality so that you know part of you is capable of doing something that the rest of you couldn't possibly imagine. And uh, once you get into all these conspiracies, you're, which to me are the only reason these conspiracies exist is because at the highest levels, there's so much lying, cheating, and deceiving that these conspiracies contain a lot of the truth. I saw as a police officer firsthand that I would write up a police report. And these are minor, like almost irrelevant things. I'd write a police report up sometimes and give it to my sergeant. You know, most of the time when I wrote my police report was fine. Give it to my sergeant and he'd sign off on it or request a minor edit. Put it through that was that. Sometimes, occasionally, something would happen and I would write an honest police report with exactly what happened, who they did, what they said, what I saw, submit it to my sergeant. My sergeant would come back and say, now, Banfield, you need to edit this report because we can't have what you said in this report going out in the paper and going out on the news. And I'd say, sergeant, that's not my problem. I'm reporting the truth. And if what's in this police report makes certain people or organizations look bad, that's not my problem. And uh, I'm not going to lie on a police report to make other people look good or to cover up other people's mistakes. And my sergeant said, no, Banfield, it is your problem because these people control and can influence the funding on our department. And if they get pissed off, we may get our funding cut and you might get fired. And I said, I don't care, I'm doing, and I might, and he said, and I might get fired or something like that, that this might cost us our jobs. And I said, I don't care, I'm not lying on a police report. And he said, fine, give me the report, I'll change it. So several times, I submitted police reports on, these are relatively minor things. Like we're not talking big alien world order conspiracies. These are small things at a small police department. 
and you're having the sergeant and the higher ups, because I'm sure some of the things he handed got edited by his superiors. What was presented to the public, I saw firsthand as a police officer, what the public was presented with and what the news put out often would have, usually would have elements of truth to it. Sometimes would be slanted negatively on purpose because the the powers in a news station or the whoever controlled the news station wanted to make somebody else look bad or look good. For example, where I worked in Columbia, South Carolina, the sheriff's department was having the thumbs up. The city department from whoever was in power was getting the thumbs down. So the news stories would consistently make the sheriff's department look good and crap on the city. I saw a few instances where information, I was aware of information that was kept off the news on purpose, blatantly lied about on the news. That what the news said and what happened were completely opposite. Like the news said something just to try and make the police department look bad and the facts were the exact opposite. They blatantly did a, a full-on direct lie. Now, if this is what happens at little police departments in little towns with small amounts of funding, it's only logical that the amount of that crap exponentially increases with larger amounts of money and larger amounts of people in power. It's only logical that most of these conspiracies are either true or have a lot of truth in them. It's ridiculous to believe that when you've got billions and sometimes trillions of dollars on the line, that people won't go to any lengths, including summoning demonic alien entities to assist them, including joining secret societies with the most horrible initiation rituals you could possibly imagine. And what I also saw firsthand as a police officer that gives a lot of credence to all these books and documentaries I mentioned, I saw, and this is what got me to the point where I couldn't stand to be a police officer anymore. I saw that there was an elite class of people, even in a small town police department, there was an elite class of people who operated above the others. I never saw any racial discrimination or gender discrimination. What I saw was class discrimination. If you are an elite or if you are connected with somebody in power, you can do almost anything you want to. Sheriff's cousin is welcome to drunk drive all over at least where his sheriff has dominion. And even if it's not his police department, even me as a police officer, I was in a class above average. I whip my badge out and I get out of getting stopped by, I got out of traffic stops all over the East Coast just by getting my badge out. I mean, being stopped in different states that I was a police officer, get my badge out, no ticket. Even going like 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. And that's just kind of the baby level of things. What I got to see as a police officer is proof that there is an elite class of people that can do anything. They make the laws. If they don't like the laws, they change the laws. They make the laws on purpose to stop anyone from competing with them. They make the laws and then break the laws and use the laws against any of their competitors. They get stopped by the police, they get off all the time. They can do anything. When you hit a high enough level, you can do anything. No law applies to you. Maybe one law, the law of power. You don't mess with somebody else in their power territory. So if you get to a certain level of power, there are no rules except don't piss off anyone else that has equal or more power than you. And these books are and documentaries are unfortunately extremely logical. They show inside of a society that obviously has an elite class. And as a police officer, the elite class pissed me off more than anything else. I stop someone and there's sheriff's third cousin. Sheriff's third cousin. Drunk driving. The sergeant says, you know, Banfield, we need to let him go. I'm like, the sheriff's third cousin? Yep, because you know we arrest him. Then we're going to have beef with the sheriff. I'm like, no. 
It's a third cousin. That doesn't even count. Nope, we're going to let him go. I saw crimes intentionally. I saw crimes that... And then I would be told to arrest for the exact same crime. For example, drunk driving. Sheriff's third cousin ordered to let him go. Politician's aide or friend ordered to let him go or her go. Some regular person drunk driving ordered to arrest them. And the hypocrisy of it tore me apart. I'm like, why does this girl that apparently is a nobody, she has to go to jail. This other guy does the exact same thing she did. He gets to go free because he's the sheriff's third cousin. This person who did way worse, you know, drunk drove all over the place, wrecked all kinds of property. We're ordered to give them a ride home? Ordered to give them a ride home. When the whole shift came out, we are ordered to give them a ride home because they're connected with this politician. Somebody who does a much smaller crime, just ran a couple of stoplights, ordered to arrest them because they're a nobody. They don't matter. And when I've seen that firsthand, it's obvious that the higher up you go, the worse that gets. It's obvious that people are clambering to get up the pyramid of power and to get enough money so that they make the rules. And it's only logical that a book like this describes what happens when you get into the highest levels. It describes what happens when you hit the highest levels of power and influence. You can take spaceships to go anywhere that you want to. You can go visit Mars if you'd like to. You can go up to the moon if you'd like to. You can have your body cloned. You can have your mind backed up on a data chip and sent somewhere else. You can take teleportals that teleport you to other planets and other galaxies. Exactly. And Lisa says so much makes sense now and we have no power to make our own changes. What is great is that we, the elites are terrified of the non-elites. The elites are constantly afraid that the regular people are going to actually work together and wake up. They live in terror that the ordinary people are going to see what they're doing and see that they're, they're sending people to prison for the same laws they're blatantly violating and making whole systems to violate themselves. They are terrified of people working together and unifying. And that's why they are willing to go to any lengths to get people to fight each other. A guy who was putting out this kind of information that was very popular. That got, What's the guy's name that got banned from the... Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate was talking about this kind of stuff. And one thing he said that he... Andrew Tate's half black... And he said that racism is for poor people. That racism is something created by the elites to get poor people to fight each other. You know, you get poor black fighting poor white and they blame each other for their problems instead of looking up and seeing that the black billionaire and the white billionaire are plotting together to screw over the poor black and the poor white. He's like, racism is for poor people. You, the black billionaire and the white billionaire don't care at all about race. They care about power and how can they work together or fight each other based on power. And I'm like, it, and things like sexism are also for the poor because you get a, power, a billionaire woman and a billionaire man, they're not fighting over gender or sex. They're talking power. And uh, what do you think? What do I think? They're working together to keep control over people or they're fighting because of their ideologies and beliefs, not because of gender. So it's important we unify that no matter what you identify as, your most important identification might be elite or not elite. And uh, what's funny is it seems that one way these can actually be used is, is recruiting tools. So I'll wrap this up with, you know, sometimes the people who actually get into the level of knowledge of an elite are directly recruited as an elite and offered, like Andrew Tate said, that the Illuminati tried to recruit him. 
because he was getting huge levels of success online that they they invited him to a private island party that they said there were 100 guys and 400 girls. I'm like, that sounds like some human trafficking to me. <laughs> that sounds like exactly what's described in this book. And that was an interview that was put out on YouTube all over the place. And then he was banned for misogyny. What crap. He was banned because he was saying things that directly conflicted with the people in power. So we've got over an hour now. It's time to wrap this up. I love having discussions like this. It's, you know, regardless of which individual points are true and which ones might not be verifiable, we've expanded our minds a lot by having this discussion. And if I can provide one call to action, it's seek truth and unify. Never fight somebody else. Now, learn who are your brothers and sisters. If you're not an elite, everybody else is your brother and sister. And if you are an elite, you might want to make brothers and sisters with people instead of making slaves out of people. So, yes, I'm going to record this and put this on YouTube. Lisa, thanks a lot for being here. So, I take all of my Twitch live streams now are recorded and I put it up on YouTube and on my podcast. And that way, if you... You know, that can be a better way to watch it back sometimes instead of on Twitch. Really appreciate this conversation. I love you each. Let's go out and bring love and light to the world. Let's illuminate the darkness. I'm excited to be a part of the disclosure movement and the human empowerment movement. And I'll see you next time. I'll be back tomorrow with another live stream.